This is MuggleCast, your Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts podcast covering everything about J.K. Rowling's Wizarding World. Welcome to MuggleCast episode 296. Happy 4th of July weekend to all of our American listeners and uh, I guess... I guess the people over in the UK can celebrate Independence Day with us too, right? <laughs> ah, too soon. Oh. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Hashtag Brexit. You know, I tweeted J.K. Rowling asking her if, if Brexit was going to affect the value of the galleon, and she hasn't replied yet. That's oh. so weird. Interesting. It's like she's snubbing you now. Yeah. How hmm. strange. Hmm. Well, I want to know. I want to know if I should go buy galleons or if I should hold off. Maybe now's a good time to visit Hogwarts. It's probably cheap. Or Hogsmeade. Yeah. <laughs> Hmm. Anyway. Well, uh, you know, the Wizarding World has been independent for years, so I think they're okay. Yes, yes, this is true. Do you think the Wizarding World is in the EU? That's a whole other discussion. Uh, tweet, tweet J.K. Rowling. Let's <laughs> get to yeah. the bottom of this. <laughs> she well, loves one me. Question you should ask is if the Wizarding World in both Orlando and Los Angeles will now become cheaper for us to attend. This is a good point. Yes. Uh, the answer is probably no. Universal tends to raise <laughs> ticket prices every year and not lower them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But actually, legitimately, it's a it's a bad time for people over there to come uh, over in the UK to come visit now because of the the value of the dollar right. or the value of the pound. Right. Anyway, Selena, Micah, Eric, and I are here this week. We're going to be talking about <laughs> talk about Brexit. Hey, everybody! <laughs> Welcome we're, to Brexit Cast. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be talking about um. Ilvermorny, the so J.K. Rowling finally revealed a ton of details about the American Wizarding School on Pottermore, and the houses and the sorting test. So, um, that's all coming up on today's show. But first of all, I just want to um offer a quick plug for our Patreon because we just announced a new milestone and we're close to reaching it. Uh-huh. Um, we're only uh not too many patrons away from hitting it. It's the it's the Mega Mugglecast milestone goal and what this is we're playing we if we hit this goal we will bring back every single muggle cast host well most the very large majority of muggle cast hosts for a super duper mega episode in early september and we're just going to get the whole band back together to celebrate a new term of hogwarts and of course we're we're approaching a big muggle cast anniversary so all that is uh what we're working toward at as a milestone on patreon and just one other quick thing, we are, this is the final month to sign up if you want to receive a t-shirt. Um, so you have to sign up by July 31st to receive a t-shirt through Patreon. Full details are on patreon.com slash mugglecast. And of course, you get lots of other benefits too when you pledge. And thank you to everybody who's supporting us and who will be supporting us. So that's that. Um, let's get into Ilvermorny. Yes. What Yay. houses are we all in? I am Pukwudgie. So am I. Ah, and I'm Thunderbird. And so am I. Hmm. Okay, I like this split. This is a good little split. <laughs> a little 50-50. Yeah. Thunderbird's forever. <laughs> so it's it's it was interesting. What Basically what happened was they announced Ilvermorny... And all the details and the sorting test at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, my only critique about all of this is that I, it w- it felt weird to me because when we took the sorting hat test, the Hogwarts sorting hat test on Pottermore all those years ago, we all knew 
the Hogwarts houses very well at that point. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. this, we were just suddenly thrusted into it. Like, hey guys, here's the school, here's the houses, now get sorted. Like, we had no time to, like, decide <laughs> which one we wanted ourselves, which one we identified with, you know? Right, well, and when we got an answer... Kind of, do you think like, that kind of... Oh, go on. Uh, it was <laughs> like, what, what did we just get? So, that was all. Mm-hmm. Well, do you, do you think it kind of um, sort of reflects how you're sorted at the different schools because i've been thinking a lot about this and how in hogwarts like it is kind of like how you think of yourself and in ilvermorny it kind of is the house chooses you so you have a lot less autonomy so actually maybe it kind of works out yeah that we're just thrust into a house but i will say though i did have one criticism i don't know about you guys my test was really short it was like less than 10 questions and i sort of felt like is that it like, do I really trust the answer based on that little? And some of the questions were, like, super weirdly phrased and stuff. That, well, hmm. I mean, it took me a while to take it because they were asking some deep questions in this test. <laughs> there was that one. It was like, okay, uh, ideal scenario. What what answer would you want to hear to the question? I know. I was like, depends the on universe. the question. It was yeah. like, uh, what? <laughs> some of my like, answers definitely were a little bit, well, it could be any one of these five. So I'm just going to go with this one, you know, yeah. which was felt a little. I mean, I just feels like. It's so weird to see people sort of be like, oh, I guess I'm a blah, blah, blah now when it's like, well, are you really, though? You know, like, how much do we trust it? Maybe it's meant to be jarring. I don't know. Maybe it's because in all this hubbub that's happened the week after, I'm just thinking maybe that was the point. Maybe Joe's just like, they're not the same. You shouldn't uh, think they're the same. And so, like, she can get (laughs) away with, Ilvermorny can get away with giving only seven questions to assess your entire, because ultimately it's less about personality. Which, it just makes me feel less connected to it because I'm like, yeah, I'm a Pugwaji, but if I answered these three questions differently, yeah, maybe I would have been something else. Exactly. That absolutely makes a lot of sense, yeah. even to me. And I, I want to draw comparisons and we all want to draw comparisons between houses uh, in in any way. But it's like, well, because this is so short uh, of a quiz and because it's just sort of thrown in there with the basic, the most basic you know, traits associated with houses, unlike the Harry Potter series where there's seven books, it does feel like it's intentionally trying to push us away from the mold that we're but, so familiar with. Right. And maybe that is true. But I will just say I had taken the quiz three times. The first time I got Pugwudgie, so that's what I'm going with. The second time I got Wampus and the third time I got Thunderbird. And I'm like, mm. okay. <laughs> you know and that's a and whole other debate. Like, yeah. Because um, do it so a fourth like, time, Selena, and then get you'd the- be one of those <laughs> people that only once a decade gets sorted yes. into all four. You're the Serafina Pickery of 2016. Yes. I, I don't want to get <laughs> I just in. I feel like it's unreliable. Right. And I, I don't want to get into that side of the debate because that actually really annoys me. And I'm just out of Harry Potter complaining juice for this month. I tried to start writing an article about it, but I was <laughs> oh, like, I can't do this. This is I'm done. I I've said enough this yeah. month. Um but I think you raise a good point, though, because there's no way that you can possibly be connected to these houses in such a short period of time. No. I mean, think yeah. about all the years that you had to connect with Hogwarts and its four houses. And I feel like these points have all been raised already. But the fact of the matter is J.K. Rowling wanted to be able to provide a sorting process for this new school, given its connection to the new movie that's going to be released later on this year. Mm-hmm. And... I just don't see that there's any way that we could all say with definitive purpose that we are this house or that house. Just it's a it's a, like a quiz. Un- unfortunately, like I hate to compare compare it to a BuzzFeed quiz, but that's kind of what it is. I mean, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a question. Yeah. And, and you know, 
Yeah. And that's kind of like the re- my whole reasoning, because I know me and Eric sort of disagree very publicly on this, but that's like one of oh, my no. reasons why I'm so quick to, um, to, I'm bringing it up. Oh my God. No, um, that I am like, I'm so quick to say, well, how do we compare these to Hogwarts? Because I, I still feel like the Hogwarts house is like the ultimate, you know? And I always, feel, I always, I found myself sorting the Ilvermorny houses into Hogwarts houses when I was doing that comparison because I was like, I may as well, you know? Yeah. And I, I do think, I mean, we can talk about that, but I do think but that's some, fair some though because that's your basis that. for comparison though. That's the entire Exactly, basis. exactly. Yeah. And we mm-hmm. don't disagree. Selena and I do not disagree that there's a correlation uh, between okay. the houses, but it's always a question about how do they fit and and what does it all mean? Right. You know, if you get Thunderbird and they're said to be adventurers, well, is that... Is that Gryffindor? Because Gryffindor adventures. Well, you also have Slytherins who are bold headed. You know, all the all the Ilvermorny traits, where do they line up and where do they line up? Is sort of I think where everyone who's taken this test's uh head is at, because frankly, the writing does not and, and it was I, I did enjoy the story. It's lengthy, uh, but it did not sort of answer to uh our satisfaction the same kind of uh, it didn't fill the void of, well, you know, or provide a sense of belonging so much as just gave you sort of a quiz result that you're supposed to now. I mean, it now decorates your homepage. It's mm-hmm. just well, I do want to say like one thing and then you can speak. Sorry, I just want to say Ariana from Hypable actually had what I think is the best, the best explanation for how they are different. And she said Hogwarts versus Ilvermorny houses is like your like sun versus moon astrology sign. Hogwarts mm. projects it, it is what you project out. And Ilvermorny is what's going on inside of you. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, ah. I like that. The other thing, and this kind of hit me last night. Um, it's it's just for fun. It's just it's just if people are excited about this new Ilvermorny American Wizarding School. It's cool for us Harry Potter fans to know that J.K. Rowling has this school in her head here in the United States. And it's just for fun. And this hit me last night when I was at a party with a group of people who are Harry Potter friends. And we were all just kind of being like, you know, it was fun to hear what houses each of us got sorted into. It was just fun to like go around the circle and say it, even though we couldn't really elaborate on it because we don't know much about these houses, but still it's just (laughs) fun. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. all I could say. (laughs) So I I would, Oh yeah. Um, Are you going to move on? Yeah. Okay. Um, We'll go back to houses later. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Uh, Well, do so, this next part, um, did we talk about this just now? I guess we kind of did, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I, you know, one thing I found interesting was the way the people were actually ending, ending up being sorted. It looks like, and this panel is a reflection of it, <clears throat> that most people were sorted into Pukwudgie and Thunderbird. This uh, was mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. This was very, very interesting. Uh, unlike Pottermore's Hogwarts test, which was evenly putting people in all the houses, my theory was for house points reasons. Um, everyone is, so according to the, the latest version of the poll, which we were running on Hypable, 38% are in Thunderbird. That's, that's the biggest. Um, second largest is Puckwudgie with 28%. 22% were in Horned Serpent. And then Wampus has had the smallest number this whole time with 12 percent and the question is just do these do this does this quit does this quiz measure different aspects of your person like why is it that the majority of uh harry potter fans regardless of what hogwarts house they're in why are the majority of them in thunderbird and puckwudgie 
Like how well, does it that... might have something to do with the questions? Like I was thinking like yeah. some of the answers just don't make sense to me. Like, you know, and I'm thinking maybe other people have the same, like they look for, maybe there are just some answers to these questions that are more common than others, you know? That's interesting. Yeah, I agree with that because yes. Yeah. And then, and then there's been breakdowns of where each Hogwarts house is ending up at Ilfermorny. See, all this data has been fun to look through. <laughs> yeah, this so is cool. I, I like uh, that. You shared the uh, the poll on Hyperbole, the, uh, the, the statistics from the Hogwarts, was it Running Club? Yeah, so they conducted their own survey and uh, they gave us the data. There's so, so, by the way, there is a Running Club for Harry Potter fans. It's on Facebook. Like Eric said, <laughs> Hogwarts Running Club. Which Go check is it out. Cool. Yeah. Um, so, so, like, the most interesting thing I found was that Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, and Raven... Everyone's in Thunderbird. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, besides that, uh, Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, and Raven- Ravenclaw all had kind of equal splits in terms of where their students were going at Ilvermorny, but Slytherin had the big, uh, had the most equal distribution across all four Ilvermorny mm-hmm. schools. Um, and we have pie charts up on Hypeable if you want to check them out. But yeah, this is I- like a real statistical breakdown. Yeah. Right? Yeah, thanks to a survey that the, the running club people did. Even BuzzFeed. And all that this tells up. me is that like no one is getting into Wampus. <laughs> yeah. Which it's like, why? That would seem to be I don't know, that would seem to be a more common house, I'd think. No. I was kind of hoping that JK Rowling would take the Twitter to ask it to answer some questions about these houses because I th- I think she still might. Yeah. Honestly. I mean, I was running infographics all week. I was taking poll I have a poll as well with a hundred uh, and she was doing people. nothing. I mean, she was doing nothing. It's you're like, working so this... hard, and she's not doing a damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> she's too busy with Brexit. I didn't say that, nor did I even think it. But I, I do you think that it. it's very cl- no. The 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 few people. Uh, well, I don't say few people. The dozens of people. <laughs> complete opposite. Dozens of people I've engaged with over the last week about this house thing, uh, this house crisis, this house uh, puzzle, crisis. this mystery. This mystery, because you're 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 talking about you know us potentially identifying uh, with with a new house that we know nothing about. So there's that. We've just that's just what we said before. But the the dozens of people I've interacted with over the last week, and the 1,100 people who've taken my poll, the 1,100 people who took uh, Hogwarts Running Club's poll, like we all kind of are interested in getting to the bottom of this. And this is something that J.K. Rowling uh, she addressed in one tweet. Uh, she said that the houses were not equivalent. What she didn't say is that they weren't that they don't like correlate or have anything mm-hmm. to do with one another. So that's very suspect. She could have elaborated further. She didn't. So far as I'm aware, completely yet. But it's something that she can always elaborate on in the future. She can do another story on that on the houses. It would seem to be time considering we all, all took the test now. It's like, well, OK, but what does it mean? You know, we still kind of want to know. And are we going to realistically have to wait four months till November to maybe get a, a throwaway line about a certain house in Ilvermorny because we're going to be interacting with wizards who went there for the first time on screen? Or is there going to be more writing or is there going to be more tweets once she sees like 2000 word essays on Hypable from Selena and you know, <laughs> all these polls and infographics <laughs> on Tumblr and everything else all around that like people are doing trying to get to the bottom of this like i think a uh, 140 character tweet is not enough to sate our uh, desires and our curiosity hmm. and where is that patronus quiz 
Like, is it ever coming? I don't think so. Let's just jump on Joe. <laughs> you, you will be sorted, uh, Selena, into the African school of witchcraft and wizardry before you get a Patronus. Now. I am sure that's true. Um, but actually, that got me thinking what you just said, you know, knowing that uh, Isolt, is that how you say her name? Yeah, Isolt. Yeah. Isolt, uh, that she never attended Hogwarts. So you could argue the fact that there really is no correlation but, between the two. Did you, if, if, but I, the one thing that I made out in my um, article is that Isolt grew up with stories of Hogwarts. And actually, when she decided to build the school, her sons told her that they wanted houses just like Hogwarts had houses. And she always dreamed of being in Ravenclaw. Yeah. And she made Horn Serpent too, which supports that correlation. So I, I feel like what what the houses of Ilvermorny sort of do reflect is like her idea of what the Hogwarts houses could be, which actually I really like that idea. I think that goes sort of deeply into the text in a way that feels very J.K. Rowling to me. Mm-hmm. And by- yeah, I will say that I know we spent a lot of time talking about the backstory that jk rowling provided for the wizarding world here in america Uh, but this particular piece that she released felt much more jk rowling like yeah so good Mm -hmm. i don't know about if it was the same for the rest of you i really enjoyed it i thought it was like so i'm I'm still thinking like oh why is this not a a, like why does this this have to be a summary it could so easily be a full story but yeah the story itself like everything she said i was like this is this feels very magical to me yeah by the way did you guys agree with your initial house selections like reading the description uh for example, Pukwaji, mine, it says, named by James Stewart after the fiercely independent magical creature. The Pukwaji, Pukwaji house is sometimes cons- considered to represent the heart of a witch or wizard. It is also said that Pukwaji favors healers. I agree mm-hmm. with the fiercely independent part. I mean, I at least feel independent. I enjoy being independent. I don't know if I'm fiercely independent, but. <laughs> you are if you want to be. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. Um. For me, I thought it was cool uh, being sorted into Thunderbird for adventures because I had been feeling, I don't want to say um, kept in a box I, with Hufflepuff uh, sorting on Pottermore, which after reading the Hogwarts letter, I actually fully completely agreed with. Uh, but I had been dressing as a Gryffindor all those years, as you all know, uh, mm-hmm. and I felt kind of cut off from the Gryffindor aspect, which to me is like the bold, the brash, the adventurous, the brave. So getting sorted into Thunderbird was like, hey, this is cool because now I can feel like I'm still like it, it, it speaks to my interest in in having adventures and, you know, travel and that kind of all that kind of stuff that's part of me. But like I had forgotten or not sort of associated with a Hogwarts house, I could then sort of put into in in the overmorning sorting mm. it allows you to find a new side of yourself i guess i mean thunderbird is the coolest house can we just like all agree I on think that oh so. <laughs> yeah is that the new gryffindor i think so yeah. it's the best that's why i like equating it to to slytherin actually like i said in the article too like i really like the idea that this sort of explores like this might be what what slytherin could have been like if not for all the negative associations and stereotypes of hogwarts because yeah. it is for those like who internalize it's like smart Gryffindors I say this having identified as a Gryffindor so please don't be mad at me but like you know that think think things through more and that are very ambitious and very sort of set out to 
to do things, you know, for themselves or the cause they believe in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I like the idea that that could be, you know. There's the new also cool there's also Wampus though. There's also the warriors. Yeah, there's also the a, body and the yeah the Gryffindor. <laughs> yeah. So I I don't know I don't know. But uh, what about Micah and 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 what what did you think Micah like Thunderbird for you? Yeah, I mean I would not connect as much with the adventurous side of it, but how it broke down the representation of the witch or the wizard, the fact that it's the soul mm. of that individual, I thought was a really cool connection to make. And so that part of it I like. I mean, going back to Hogwarts, I was sorted into Ravenclaw and I always thought that that's kind of where I fit. So it's interesting to me that if we're comparing Thunderbird to be more from a popularity standpoint, Gryffindor, but I've also seen it compared to Slytherin. So it's interesting to me that uh, this is where I would end up. Although I did get, when I went through and, and did the sorting on Pottermore the first time, a hat stall between Ravenclaw and Slytherin. So mm. maybe uh, this is starting to show my true colors. Micah, so. you're, you're good for the soul. <laughs> so, so let's get into this, the Elvermorny story. This was the, it was very exciting to get sorted, but of course there was this giant story here. Mm. Uh, first of all, just a basic, Elvermorny is in the United States. It's atop Mount Greylock in Massachusetts. There was some debate when they first revealed this map because it was kind of, it looked like it was sitting on the Canadian border. So people were wondering if it really was in America. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah, I got into a Twitter war with somebody over that. <laughs> so I was very excited to hear that I was right. <laughs> anyway, uh, Eric or Micah, do you want to lead us through this discussion? Uh, yeah, I will. Uh, no problem. The uh, Ilvermorny is situated, as it turns out, on the top of Mount Greylock, which is uh, in part of present-day Adams, Massachusetts. It's actually, the story's uh, only slightly misleading here. Uh, it's actually like a three-and-a-half-hour drive, uh, hundreds of miles from where Plymouth is. Uh, in the story, Isold Sayre, who uh, we'll get into in just a moment, uh, who ends up founding Ilvermorny sort of wanders from Plymouth settlement into like, it just says into the woods, but she's actually traveling across what like the entire state, uh, to Mount Greylock, which is, uh, becomes the settlement for Ilvermorny, which is, uh, sort of shrouded in mist. And it's a perfect location for a school that has to still be kept away from prying nomad eyes. God, did I just use that word? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's interesting because uh, this whole story, just as an overview, when you're going through it, there are, I think, deliberate connections to Hogwarts, um, both in that Isolde always wanted to go to Hogwarts and so did the kids that, that we learn about later in the story. Um, but also that there's, there's some sort of history that really ties in, uh, Isolt's history. Isolt's personal history ties into, uh, Hogwarts in a huge way. Mm. So getting into that, Isolt, uh, is a descendant, a direct descendant of Salazar Slytherin. Um, and I mean, surprise, surprise, who expected, who clicked on magic in North America part five and expected Salazar Slytherin to pop up? Yeah, definitely not. I love that. Yeah, since since the information we had heard about the school so far didn't really connect to 
the Harry Potter characters we knew. So yeah, that was she's that was really, really not cool. letting the Gaunt family go, is she? <laughs> no, they are <laughs> deeply intertwined in the whole Wizarding world. It seems. Uh, yeah, so she's she's a direct descendant of Salazar Slytherin and also a famous witch called Morrigan, um, who they're they're both uh, described as being pure blood families. And Gaunt, uh, which you mentioned, Isolt has an an aunt or an aunt, aunt Gaunt, aunt aunt Gormleth. Would you say? How would you say Gorm- this? Gormleth. Gormleth. Yeah. Let's all just agree for the purposes of this episode to say Gormleth. Um, <laughs> okay. Gormleth <laughs> uh, is like the Aunt Petunia of the story. Um, she, well, in a way, but she's, she's also far like, worse. Far worse, yeah. The the evil stepmother, let's say. Um, who? Yeah, this is basically Cinderella of the magical world. Or, or is it Rapunzel? I don't know. I. Good yeah, I, I, we, we got a, we got an email about that. we we got a message about that. One of the listeners that. wrote in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll read that later. But, um, and it's, and it's brilliant. Um, but essentially, Gormleth Gaunt, pure blood fanatic, surprise, surprise, um, doesn't like the way that Isolt's parents are interacting with their local nomad, uh, neighbors, uh, healing them, offering potions, protecting them and their livestock, uh, and decides to essentially kill them and kidnap Isolt, uh, and raise her as her own. So Isolt from the age of five is raised by Gormleth, um, and actually not allowed to attend Hogwarts, which is interesting. Gormleth, uh, early on, this is 1605 uh, or 1610, uh, has such scorn for what Hogwarts has become uh, and and that it did not become the school just for purebloods that Salazar Slytherin had wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. So that's so actually this, really cool. Yeah. This is basically Harry Potter if Harry had decided to go off to another part of the world and start a wizarding mm-hmm. school. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's really yeah. good though. I like how how closely it resembles. You know, yet it's totally different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And and so it's not until Isolde is uh, about twenty, uh, where she it's it's said that Gormleth keeps her. Uh, she grew up in a, a, a area. Um, actually, a cottage called Ilvermorny, um, in County Kerry, Ireland. And Gormleth moved her after her parents' death to a local place i think it's called hags glen is it's like colloquial name but shrouded in dark magic and essentially isol is isolated uh from her local nomad neighbors and it's kind of sad actually in terms of i i actually would compare it to harry feeling alone uh and sort of orphaned from it all she is sort of in a way isol is an orphan yeah and and just reading the story and learning about her, you just want a you just want a full story about her because she seems like such a remarkable person, such yeah. a badass. Where <laughs> she comes from, yeah, uh, and she's a badass. She steals uh, Gormless' wand and escapes finally at the age of about twenty uh, to America. She cuts her hair, she disguises herself as a man, and gets on the Mayflower, uh, which travels to America. And this is this is. She didn't destroy her aunt. She just sort of escaped. And so Isolde from this day forward lives in this fear from her from her aunt of like retribution and that her aunt will find her. So first she moves to England, then she moves to America. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. then enter the Pukwudgie. Enter Yay! the Pukwudgie. Oh, yeah. She she wanders into the woods a thousand miles away. 
Um, Sounds safe. No, it's it's several hundred miles. I'm I'm actually typing it in right now, but I'll I'll keep talking. Uh, she uh, she wanders into the woods and encounters not one but two magical creatures that she did not know anything about. One is a hide behind, and the other is a of course fuckwudgie. <laughs> Saying that out loud is uh. <laughs> What, hide behind? Hide behind, yeah. Hide behind. Well, what does it do? What is what its primary? What does it primary? do? It's just, no, I just, it's, again, like, something that, like, I mean, it is from American folklore. I did Google it, but it's just something that, when I first read it, I was like, is this another one of J.K. Rowling's weird words that she's inventing, or? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, I thought that was kind of entertaining. Like Leatherfold? I, yeah, right. <laughs> I like Leatherfold. That's one of my favorite beasts in the Fantastic Beasts. But, yeah. She stumbles into the forest, which I looked, it's 160 miles away uh, from Plymouth, and uh, gets actually winds up uh, witnessing a Pukwudgie nearly destroyed, nearly uh, eviscerated by this hide behind and is able to somehow save uh, the Pukwudgie. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- this, this was cool. This is sort of an early indicator that Isolt uh, has a lot of sort of adaptive skill um in in this story it comes into play i guess throughout the entire story just that she has sort of a kind nature she wants to help and is actually quite capable despite her sheltered upbringing of i guess doing what is uh what actually ends up working of being successful at magic as a puckwudgie myself i'm i'm disappointed <laughs> in william that he uh, <laughs> that he needed help and fending off his hide behind but all right all right. I think I think the point with that is these characters, these creatures are supposed to be that much more terrifying. Mm-hmm. Right. So so it it's just that it's all fresh and new, like even the Pukwudgie, which the story says are are very dangerous creatures. And normally you wouldn't even want to approach a Pukwudgie. Damn right. Um, don't approach he, me. Don't <laughs> don't approach Andrew the Pukwudgie. He's your loyal. already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, normally you wouldn't even want to approach a Pukwudgie, but uh, she does to save it from a hide behind, which is a particularly nasty hide behind, even more terrifying, and was going to kill the Pukwudgie. So you get this new world aspect of it's scary, it's dangerous, it's uncharted to Europeans, and they just don't know what to expect. And so I guess this this creates a blood debt for for uh, the Pukwudgie, who eventually is named William after Isolde's father, um, because he will not tell her his individual name. Um, and, you know, he sort of, she nurses him back to health, and in turn, he introduces her to the local wildlife and, um, you know, in terms of magic, and, and, and they begin sort of a, I guess he's described as like a curmudgeon. Uh, they have sort of like a curmudgeonly friendship that, naturally over the course of time evolves he reminds me of creature yeah, yeah. that's a good point yeah yeah even um, if you look at the puck art on pottermore you you get that is that what you mean or just based on his well just from his behavior too i mean oh, okay. just the idea of puck at least in terms of how they at the end of the story seem to serve ilvermorny remind me overall of house elves but house william elves, in particular I was going to compare him to Dobby, but I think Dobby's personality is a little too different. Creature falls in line with with Williams, especially how he comes around at the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. And um, the story does say that Pukwudgies are distantly related to goblins. Um, mm-hmm. But I also see, I mean, for the purposes of the story, it seems that they're closer to house elves as well. 
So then how uh, do we meet the next two? So there's some children in need and actually sort of um, echoing the story of William and the hide behind. Isolde and William uh, are uh, encounter. They hear a scream, I guess. They hear the sound of a mother and father being killed uh, viciously. And uh, these two boys, Webster and Chadwick Boot, are left alive after, unfortunately, their parents have died. And the very same hide behind that was going to kill William uh, is finally destroyed. I guess it had escaped wounded. Maybe they recognized it from a scar, but they knew it was the same one. And they finally killed it. But this actually becomes, and it's very interesting, an issue of contention between Isolt and uh, William. Because Mm -hmm. William typically, and and Isolt is an exception, but Pukwudgies don't usually associate with humans. They don't waste any of their effort or any of their time helping humans. This kind of reminds me of a goblin connection. Um, But it's because of the blood debt that Isolt eventually grudges William into helping her carry the boys. All she wants is for him to carry the boys back to their sort of stone flap of a shelter. Um, And he grudgingly agrees, and then she dismisses him. Because they argued. Mm. Yeah. So is the debt paid, though? Do you you really feel like... I mean, we know how the story ends, but... Right, right. Um, Clearly... He was waiting for her. Uh, yeah. We can talk more about this later, but he was waiting for her to have that moment of need. And of course, he shows up, but it's it's made to make you think that by him willingly carrying one of the boys back, that he is repaying his debt, which of course we know. I guess my question is, did he know in that moment that he wasn't repaying the debt and that it was still a possibility that he could be called on later to help her? I see, think... this is where we need more story because this is where the emotion <laughs> would come into it. Like, we would love to see that scene play out between well, them, you know? Maybe we're meant to form our own opinion on it. Like, what What do you think, uh, Selena, There, there that, isn't that... enough for me to form my own opinion oh, on Oh, darn. Well, it's kind <laughs> of, it's, I mean. it's, it's going to be one or the other, though, right? Because she specifically, in the story, she specifically calls out and says, as repayment of the debt that you owe me, help me take this, you know, take one of these children back. Uh, and, and he's like, oh, and he grudgingly agrees. So she but he clearly still continued to, as we see from the story later, he still continued to sort of keep, you know, he still wanted to help her and he still wanted to stick around. So is that so. his personal choice or is it that the blood know. debt was not, I mean, I, I think, I think we're meant to, and it should be fairly easy to just decide which is. Well, which. okay. As a Pagwaji myself, <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. um, maybe it's just, you know, the, 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 I, maybe the heart thing. You know, if we're going to take that literally and say that he actually does lead with his heart, right? And mm-hmm. I would say that's that explains it. Yeah, I, 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 would, I would actually tend to agree um, because I think it's it's as it has a sort of beauty either way. Uh, but we'll get to that, I guess, in a moment. So Webster and Chadwick Boot, surprise, surprise, turn out to be magical. Isn't this beautiful? Um, Isolt Perfect. has stumbled upon these children uh, which she raises essentially as her own, but actually at first she needs to go back and bury their parents. She never got a chance to. They, things were so rushed. The children were injured. And she actually stumbles upon returning to the site of the attack on the this this muggle, this nomad dude. His name is James. Yeah. And he's, he's just chilling. 
who is the uh who who's the nomad in the in Fantastic Beasts? I'm trying to remember. Uh, J- uh, is it? It's not Jacob, is it? Jacob. Jacob. That's Jacob. right. Oh, it is Jacob. He's the Jacob of this story. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's also coincident that his name is James, and, mm-hmm. and there's a moment later on in the story where he's basically trying to die in protection of his children. And I just thought, really, Joe, you couldn't come up with another name for a father who <laughs> would die for love in protection of their child. Whoa, whoa. Okay, my I take offense to that. My middle name is James. I love the name. My middle name do is with it. James, too. Your middle name is James. Emerson's middle name is James. Everybody cool has a middle name, James. And uh, hey, you're just hey, I don't. Oh, okay, well, <laughs> Selena, what's your middle name? James yes, uh, Isabella. Jealous, but I, I just thought that was. I predict there will be a cool Harry Potter character named Isabella soon. Well, not uh, now. <laughs> <laughs> How about right now, Joe? Um, but yeah, it that is interesting. You're right, and Micah, and the parallels just keep coming. Uh, but essentially, they 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 start a family, uh, and this is how this works. Like James, it, it's it's a bit um, Princess Bride esque. Uh, I would as you're reading it because. Uh, Isol initially fully intends to wipe James's memory. Um, what, what ends up happening is she goes to bury the body. She meets him and he had befriended the boys actually on his ship over, uh, and just happened to go in search of the family when they disappeared. And she fully intends to, uh, obliviate him because she's unable, like she's magically remedying these children in front of him. And he's not supposed to be able to see that kind of stuff. Uh, but eventually they just, they fall in love. Um, despite all odds, she never it's obliviates so nice. him. This is, this is what I want in like this story, so, you know? Okay. Can I ask? Cause this is actually something I know we're trying to move on. It's like breaking down an entire Harry Potter book in one episode, but, <laughs> I know, um, I know. It feels so like that. I have a, I have this thing and I'm, I'm sure that Joe has a plan for it and it's all fine, but I'm just wondering, you know, in the wizarding world, how there's so much. Uh, in American Wizarding World at the time of, of Fantastic Beasts, there's so much like rules, like we know that witches and, and wizards can't marry nomads because of all the tensions. But I'm just thinking if you literally have the founders of Ilvermorny be a nomad and a and a witch, doesn't that seem a little bit strange yeah. to you guys? Like it does. I know I know there's been a lot of tension since then, but it just seems like if the if literally the British, you know, m- no the American magical community was founded by the union of a nomad and a and a witch you know <laughs> yeah. yeah no it's true and 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 i think the in somewhere in the story it says that like ilvermorny is one of the least elitist schools mm-hmm. because it was founded but then you look at what joe has previously written on magic in north america and you find a world in which nomad and wizards are even further separated uh and have been persecuted and and there's been a lot of bloodshed between the two, much more so than in Europe. And you're just like, what? So I think there it's is some... a little hypocritical when they have a no match to basically thank for, you know, everything that's happened in the wizard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, it is, it is after all James who first develops the schematics for a, for a, a cottage even. It's not exactly. even, it's not a yeah. castle at that point, but it, and his she statue t- is in the castle still. So we know yeah. that they are aware of him still. Yeah. Yeah. But um but this this family is very happy. They begin to have uh they well they have two daughters. So actually James and Isolt marry uh well they fall in love, they marry and they have two twin sisters. Uh two twin daughters I should say. 
Um, and it's about this time where everybody's favorite aunt, uh, aunt sad face, aunt frowny face, aunt gormleth, do we call her, uh, hears that there has begun, uh, a, a school, uh, across the pond and it's called Silver Morning. Aunt Gant is, I think, the word Aunt you're Gant. looking for. Aunt Thank you. Uh, Aunt Gant. <laughs> Sounds better uh, than Aunt Gant. <laughs> yeah. Aunt Gant, Gant. Uh, who in the years since her defeat, apparently has not repurchased a wand uh, to replace her missing one, gets a wand from Ollivanders, also disguises herself as a man, travels under the name of Isolde's da- uh, father, William Sayer, comes across on a ship, and on one fateful evening confronts or actually appears in the woods outside of Ilvermorny. And this is this is where the story just explodes in my mind. This is yeah. just where like all the coolest stuff that you could think about happens uh in terms of its correspondent to the 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 Harry Potter universe. Yeah. Uh, because the first, of the power of love, as you know. Because here. of the power the power of love is huge. Also we learn that Slytherin's wand, which Isolt has, which was Gormala's wand previously uh, can oh, be man. disabled. I need or a put... flow chart for all this. I, th- yeah, this is great, right? <laughs> uh, the wand can be put to sleep. So Slytherin's wand, which, by the way, has a core of basilisk horn, which, I mean, that just throws Chamber of Secrets right into relevance for me. Yeah. Uh, Slyther- Slytherin's monster is a basilisk. Hell, it could be the same one. Maybe he told the basilisk to sleep, and it was the same basilisk that Harry encountered thousands of years later. Or a thousand years later, that you know was the it one. It lost that its was... horn since then, but okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think it had little spiky horn things, right? Oh, maybe, maybe it did. Yeah, maybe I don't know. <laughs> Let's consult the prop department. Its horn the... was <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's so. Slytherin's wand is made of basilisk. He taught the wand to sleep. So there's some word, and Joe is very clever to not say what it is. Um, but it's in parcel tongue, and you she utters it, and it disables. Um, the, why do the you, wand. why do you say she's very clever to not say what it is? Well, it's just like Horcruxes, right? You're not supposed to know what like the, the process oh, is. Okay. Like, I, I just think there's a scene in Narnia in, uh, the magician's nephew where the white witch, uh, freezes her entire planet and race in time and space, uh, essentially killing them. It all but kills them by uttering a single, what's called the deplorable word. Uh, it's like the idea that a word has power. Uh, and similarly, this magic, um, Isolt's, it's, she, uh, Gaunt, um, Gormleth says a curse that has their names in it, uh, uh, Isolt and, um, James's names, and it puts them into an enchanted sleep, mm. like Sleeping Beauty. Uh, um, <laughs> but this is, this is interesting new magic here. At the same time, what she doesn't realize she, she's doing is she is sort of enhancing the power of the wand cores for both Chadwick and Webster, which is made from the horned serpent. And, and this was a part of the story we skipped over by accident. Uh, but Isolde can understand parcel tongue and has befriended a river, a horned serpent. Um, I think nearby. it says she can't, but we'd, we'd have to check that. I just don't want to. Yeah, like, I think it, she, like it, it says she can't, it says she can't speak it, but she understand, mm. like she befriends it and is, well, un, and is able to understand or comprehend what it's saying to her. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's weird. But anyway, yeah, the, the, her children's wands are made from the, the horn of the horned serpent mm-hmm. and this uh, parcel tongue that Gormleth utters, which disables 
Easel Swans actually uh, notifies Chadwick and Webster. They get a little text message on their wand uh, <laughs> that says, hey, get up. It's time to fight. That's pretty right. cool. Yeah, it's and pretty, pretty cool. And and sort of the, the whole backstory connection we talked about Slytherin, but the fact that this dream that Isolt had where the horn serpent told her, until I'm part of your family, your family is doomed. Of course, mm-hmm. the way that this serpent becomes part of the family is by giving his horn and becoming part of Chadwick and Webster's wand. And of course, if that didn't happen, I guess we're meant to believe that Ilvermorny would have been destroyed. So mm-hmm. a yeah. bit of a prophecy included mm-hmm. that comes true. I thought it was a, a cool little piece that got included there. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. I do think it's sort of like a recurring theme. I can't decide if I like the symmetry or if I think it's too heavy handed that the gaunts mm-hmm. are just like continually confused by love. Mm-hmm. Like they just do not understand. <laughs> like she, I, Gormleth is like, it's the same. She has the same fall as Voldemort because she ultimately doesn't, she underestimates the power of love, right? Yeah. I like, she also, I like that element of how yeah. they, they keep. Well, actually, she underestimates it first. Voldemort should have not made the same mistake as her. Well, she didn't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe. If I don't he know knew history, she, clearly he, knew. he did not study in Ben's class. <laughs> no, he yeah, did not. Clearly not. Yeah. Um, I, I also will say that she didn't hear anything. The, the, the girls were infants. It's the scream of the infants that wakes the mother and father. Um, you know, the terrified scream due to the destruction that's at that point. It was in the yard. Now it's in the castle. Um, but the, she she had never heard the story of the young. Nobody tells tales about the daughters yet because they're just infants. So Gormleth didn't actually know that there was anyone else in the castle at the time. Um, so there is that. I'm not trying well, to. She knew credit. the daughters were there. She didn't know that Chadwick and Webster were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, she heard about Chadwick and Webster. I thought it was the children she didn't know about. No, or else she she would have no, put them to the sleep. reverse. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'll, I'll go with you. That's why she was surprised when they came outside. Right. And she's trying to discern who their uh who their parents were or like because what her their whole was. Yeah, because her whole purpose is to kidnap her niece. Well, I guess You're right. You're right. Her, her grandnieces, is that what they would be? Yeah, she wants to start over with the two girls. You're right. I was completely off. Uh, she, it's essentially the story, like history is going to repeat itself. She wants to take the girls back to Hag's Glen and raise them in her own image the same way she did Easel. Um, so that's actually kind of cool, um, but terrifying and sad if she were to have been successful. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. So what happens next? Uh, well, uh, Chadwick and Webster give her a run for her money, uh, but her dark magic ends up, uh, yeah, pretty closely matching them a little bit more. But, uh, there's a moment where she's about to kill James in the, what I imagine to be the bedroom. And Isolt, just not really knowing what she's saying, shouts out, William! And William the Puckwudgie, Slytherin and, uh, or, <laughs> Andrew and Selena on the windowsill appear and shoot arrows or yes, one we arrow do. <laughs> into one arrow in into um, Gormleth's uh, cold, dead heart. We had Katniss um, helping us too. Yeah, and Katniss well, I've been is practicing. Yeah, in Bukwudgie. <laughs> um, and Gormleth dies. Peace Yay! out. The witch is dead. <laughs> she died yeah. much like Bellatrix. 
I don't know. In the movie, yeah, she exploded that. into smoke. Yeah. yeah. You know what's interesting is... <laughs> now, now that's finally justified. <laughs> that's <laughs> <in> the movie. <laughs> oh, well, that is canon. It, okay. That makes it interesting uh, because uh, what is the story goes into an unusual sense of detail here by saying that the venom in William's arrow reacts negatively with curses, particular curses that were used to prolong... Uh, Gormleth's uh, invulnerability or her life. Like, essentially, Gormleth was a precursor to Voldemort in many ways, who had used dark magic to extend her life or protect herself from death. And sure. she just, nobody suspected or prepared for the foreign venom of the Pugwudgie Arrow. Mm. America! 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 <laughs> F yeah! Yeah. Um, so... Uh, Gormleth dies. Her Ollivander store bought wand just bursts open, and the day is saved. And it actually, I think, brings about an interesting change in the family. Um, from that moment on, the girls who grow up, you know, t talking about the girls, uh, for a moment, Martha and would we say Rianash? Rianash? Rihanna, I think. Rihanna. Oh, Rihanna. Rihanna? 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 Let's say Rihanna. Martha and Rihanna. Okay. Um, the story of Gormleth Gaunt uh, ends up just impacting everyone, uh, I think. And they grow up kind of in fear of repeating that kind of malice. Like Martha, who it turns out is a squib, uh, marries a friend of hers from the uh, Pukumtuk tribe. And Rihanna who teaches Defense Against the Dark Arts eventually at Ilvermorny, decides to never marry. Presumably it's a conscious decision to not further the the line. Yeah, and see, I was expecting a totally different reason she didn't marry, and I was like, really, Joe? <laughs> uh, Which were yeah. you expect? Well, I thought it was gonna she was going to be like a lesbian or something. And I was like, <laughs> oh, that's so cool. And then it turned out she just literally didn't want to marry. She didn't like, marry okay. because she was a lesbian. What, yeah. the, so the rumor is she could speak parcel tongue, and I guess given all the drama that had happened in her family, she saw it essentially as bad blood and decided not to marry or further the line. Mm -hmm. And actually, I think the story implies they would have or could have snubbed out the, the gaunt line had there not been more back in England. Mm -hmm. They would have essentially stopped Slytherin's lineage from existing in the world entirely, and in fact... Along those lines, Slytherin's wand has a resting place, which we are, which absolutely 100% must come into play at some point in a story that she writes. I hope not. Within the next three or four, you know, hundred years of wizarding history, Slytherin's wand is buried on the grounds of Ilvermorny, turns into, or, uh, a snakewood, uh, bush of indescribable species, whatever, uh, comes up from the ground, grows, eventually produces, uh, I guess, leaves with magical healing properties. But Slytherin's wand remains inactive and is buried underneath this tree or becomes this tree of sorts. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go, guys. This is how it all ties together because the next Harry Potter play is all about the characters going to America to find Slytherin's wand. <laughs> uh, wow. is, it, is it Harry Potter and the Cursed Bush? Yeah, <laughs> the <laughs> Exactly that title. <laughs> I do think that's really cool, though, how this wand can is essentially a seed for a tree. It's I like mean, the Merlin story, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know much about that, but I trust you. You do. 
Um, okay. <laughs> it's it kind of just shows you how the wand is very much a part of the earth. It's it's mm-hmm. based on what it's made from. We always hear the ingredients that are in a wand. So yeah, I don't know. I think it's kind of like- beautiful. That's like a seed. How she said the best part of Slytherin seemed to have migrated to America. Yeah. (laughs) Given the fact that, as Eric mentioned, this tree seems to have certain medicinal properties and be able to heal. So it's also in its docile state that it does this, which is very interesting. Um, You know, it's not it's so you have a wand that I would typically equate to an elder wand, right? It's this badass wand. You can teach it to sleep so that your enemies can't get a hold of it. You know, all this cool stuff. Uh, but it ends up being rendered sort of moot in a really cool way. Like it still has the magic, like the good benefits, as you said, but it's not um, being sought after. Like, I think it's probably a well-kept secret. What is at the heart of that, the root of that bush? Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the kitties then, the children, that, what, what it, they it, went on to be. Yeah. So as we mentioned, Martha uh, was a squib, which that's that's actually really sad for me. I was thinking like. Oh man, because Isol is the uh, you know the, this the product of two pure blood families. James being a muggle, uh, they have two daughters to them to their own of their blood, and one of them is a squib. Who and and really the saddest part is not that she can't do magic, but that she's raised in a wizarding school I know. and has and she's it's the Argus Filch. Like I feel mm. bad that for Filch suck. while yeah. reading about Martha. Like she, there's just this disconnect she doesn't feel like she's fully part of the wizarding world despite all her family and she marries a nomad and you know it doesn't necessarily move away the way webster does uh but uh you know is is just kind of forever one step away like one at, at arm's length i guess and that's that's just that's just sad when you hear about like growing up in Ilvermorny and not being able to learn magic um, yeah that would totally suck but and then Riona at the party and just being the the person who's left out. Yeah, fun. I mean, but then again, like Riona doesn't have a happy life either necessarily. I mean, well, actually, let's not equate whether a person's life was happy or not based on whether they married. Uh, I guess that's flawed. Um, but uh, you know, she does have that sort of determination to not further the line, which is no small thing. Yeah. Um, so she decides to die alone. I guess. Um, maybe we'll find out more later. Uh, Webster kind of, you know, riffing off of his, uh, success at, uh, defeating or helping to defeat Gonti, um, can we call her? Yeah. Uh, it becomes an aura for hire and he actually, um, returns to London and, uh, has a, a happy, prosperous life and family. He's actually mm-hmm. uh, said to be repatriating a particularly dark wizard of unknown name uh, back to London and meets uh, his wife and marries and eventually has uh, children who have children who have children who have children who, uh, 20 generations later, have Terry Boot, presumably. Okay. Yay, little connection time. there. Good. Little connection. Little connection. And uh, Chadwick, then, the other child. Uh, is the author of Chadwick's Charms, Volumes 1 through 7, which are standard texts at Ilvermorny. He marries a Mexican healer, Josefina Calderon, and the Calderon Boot family remains one of Wizarding America's most prominent today. Mm. All right. So now we get to Ilvermorny today. Um, this was the final section in the in Pottermore's, in J.K. Rowling's big breakdown of it. 
um, the sorting process. So it's there's no sorting hat like there is at Hogwarts. Um, to to quote the J.K. Rowling's writing here, here's how it happens at Ilvermorny. While the rest of the school watches from the circular balcony overhead, new students file into the round entrance hall. They stand around the walls and one by one are called to stand on the symbol of the Gordian knot set into the middle of the stone floor. In silence, the school then waits for the enchanted carvings to react. If the horned servant, serpent wants the student, the crystal sets set into its forehead will light up. If the wampus wants the student, it roars. The Thunderbird signifies its approval by beating its wings, and the Pukwudgie will raise its arrow into the air. Selena and I both experienced that. It was very exciting. We did. We did. <laughs> I, I like the sorting a lot. I think it's I, I think it has a very epic feel to it. It's a lot yeah. cooler. I yeah. 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 Is, Is it, it better like- than having like a voice in your head trying to argue with you about where you should go? <laughs> like based I on the first thought that pops into your time. Mind. Yeah, the hat that I'm wearing to argue. I mean, there's back. something that's always be that will always be unique about Hogwarts, but of course. I just think that this process, at least to me, seems a lot cooler than having a dusty old hat right. put on your head. Yeah. This uh, yeah. yeah, and I can I could really visualize this in my head when I was reading this part of it. It just seems like something that who knows could maybe show up in Fantastic Beasts at, at some point. The movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that would that would be definitely interesting. The other thing that seems to happen, and maybe this is just Joe covering her bases because she introduced uh, outside of the books the idea of of hat stalls, you know, like Pottermore exclusively talked about hat stalls first. And then she went back and said, like, McGonagall was a hat stall and Hermione was almost a hat stall and all this other stuff, hat stalls. But so in this backstory, she actually talks about uh more than one house claiming a student or or saying that I mean, it, might, it might be covering her bases or it might be that this just happens more often yeah at ill morning i think the text a little little ambiguous there but um well based on people the fact that people are taking this, this quiz you know like selena and getting different houses each time yeah, maybe that yeah all adds yeah. up now <laughs> I, I think yeah so so it's possible that it's more common for people to be picked for more than one house it's their choice i just think they're like it's a bad quiz i'm sorry i'm sorry joe well (laughs) please forgive us (laughs) i i will give you that you should get the same answer every time you take it every time you yeah and i mean but you're never gonna get that with an online quiz and i think that's why something like hogwarts feels so more real to us because we literally have like we have online quizzes we have every single character in hogwarts making up the canvas of what that house stands for Mm-hmm. You know, well, not really so much for Hufflepuff and, and Slytherin. We're really stereotyped. But for Gryffindor and Ravenclaw, both, you have like, oh, my God, this huge selection of people like that tell you, OK, it's about something deeper inside of you here. It's literally just like, oh, what house are you going to be today? You know, like if I answer, are you, I'm the strongest when I'm awake, I get this house. You know, <laughs> I don't know. It, yeah, I need a book. I need a book. It's my answer. I, I, I wonder if. And and this the only way this is going to probably really work is once the Fantastic Beast movies come out, uh, plural, and we start meeting American wizards and maybe in passing finding out what houses we are in, they will begin to embody our understanding of each of those houses. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, to a, to a certain extent, the story does attempt to say that the uh, houses take on the qualities of their founders. Um mm-hmm. You know, uh, Webster, Chadwick, James, and Isolt 
each have their own sort of house and their personalities leak into them. Uh, but I, I think it, the story is still too short to really be able to gain much out of it um, in terms of what that means. So as we mentioned earlier, once a decade, a student is placed in all four houses. And here comes a Fantastic Beast movie connection. <gasps> Serafina Pickery, president of Makuza from 1920 to 1928. She is one of those people who was sorted into all four houses. Now, she, as I just said, is the president of Makuza during the movie. And we've mm-hmm. seen her in the trailer already. Uh-huh. So so that'll be interesting. Uh, she, I guess she's a very unique type of person if if she sorted yep. into all four houses. She, is she like a Sir Hermione? <laughs> she's just very skilled, can do, uh, Could be. can do anything. I have a feeling that we'll be getting a lot of story on Serafina. If not in the films, well, then a backstory on Pottermore. That's this actually is... interesting because this uh, she's the minister or the the president the president of magic uh, until mm-hmm. 1928, and the first Fantastic Beast movie takes place in 1926. Mm. So is it 1926 or is it a couple of years earlier? I thought I, it was... I just read it to be 1926, but you again I just went to Wikipedia. So. Uh, that's oh. eight years. Maybe they have four year terms like in the maybe US. maybe yeah, but then maybe yeah, we will. Maybe see a new minister or president of magic yeah. well based on what's happening in fantastic beasts like like she is going to be getting involved because of this leak because of mm-hmm. muggles finding out about magic so she could potentially step down on her own or she yeah, could get be thrown out or, mm-hmm. yeah thrown out i i think this this is the second or third time that pottermore has mentioned seraphina though she was mentioned in uh the last piece on magic in north america in terms of I think it's uh, magic in 1920s North America is the segment, but her origin is explained a little bit. She's from Savannah. I assume that's Savannah, Georgia. Um, she becomes president and we've seen her in all the trailers and stuff. So I, I think she'll I think she has a big role to play because she's popping up in all these different areas. Um, I mean, yeah. she just sort of gets called out in this story, which is not about, you know, anybody that's not the founder of Ilmermorny as being one of four houses. So, yeah. Yeah. And then a couple other facts here about Ilvermorny. The wands, the students don't receive the wands until after they are sorted, which is interesting. That differs from Hogwarts. Mm -hmm. Um, The robes are blue and cranberry. Now, someone reminded me when I was at CinemaCon a couple months ago, they showed this Fantastic Beast preview. And there is this very quick glimpse of a group of what looked to me, me, students and they were wearing red. Now, I didn't see any blue, so I'm still not sure if those were Ilvermorny students in that shot. But, uh, you know what, come to think of it, now I'm thinking about it, I feel like they did have an emblem that looks like that Ilvermorny one that they released on Pottermore. Hmm. I think Uh-oh. we're going to see a group of Ilvermorny students. Time for students. some more detective work. <laughs> we got to go look at this. Yeah. I think we're going to see Ilver- a group of Ilvermorny students in the film. I will make that prediction now. <laughs> Oh man. So my guess is if those were the cranberry, the robes are cranberry and then like underneath they're blue cuz they they were wearing they were cuz they yeah. cuz James likes cranberries or something like that, right? Cranberry pie. Yeah, pie. Cranberry like cranberry pie. That's so funny. Yeah. That is so funny. <laughs> you don't need a better reason sometimes. It's just that simple. <laughs> it's just <laughs> that's that's yeah, right? All right, what Why should we color our robes? Cool. Well, I just had some cranberry uh, hot pie. It tasted pretty good. Yeah, cranberry <laughs> pie on your nose. Did you know just that? Well, they made them. They made them blue, and then he spilled cranberry pie all over himself, and they were like, "Oh, that looks nice. <laughs> that goes well together." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have, 
not not having had a formal art education uh, among the four of them, uh, they just thought it looked nice. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Sure, why not? I think it's. <laughs> and then um, finally, Eric. Yes, uh, history time again. Pukwudgies continue to work at the school, including we do one particular very old Pukwudgie whose name Man. is William. Oh. Oh, and Andrew, I guess. Ignore me. I'm just being goofy. <laughs> Ignore me. There, there's a there's a Pukwudgie who who on the anniversary of Isolde's death polishes her statue and uh, lays Mayflowers at the bottom of it. I teared up uh, while reading it uh, the second time on Pottermore, oh, and no. he laughs off the idea that he's the original William, um, but is oddly defensive, all things considered, of Isolde's statue. And sort of to tie into the beauty uh, that Joe can sometimes evoke in her writing, to me, bookending the story uh, with death, uh, the death of Isolde's parents and eventually the death of Isolde and James, um, William, who has been blessed with presumably an unnaturally long life, uh, has witnessed his loved ones passing. Isolde and James, these amazing people, lived and died right their 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 school lives on their uh majesty and accomplishments live on but ultimately william is shown grieving or or paying tribute to the fallen and so for all the gormleth gaunts for all the gaunties out there uh you know who want to live forever these great witches and wizards whose story we got um did end up dying and you know they're 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 gone now and all we have is a statue to them. So I, I thought it was particularly um, evocative of uh, yeah. Joe's general uh, message, as in Harry Potter. Well, and also bookending it with two Williams, right? So you had, as you mentioned, the death of William at the beginning, but also knowing that there's still a William on the grounds of Ilvermorny, mm. you know, in a way protecting uh, his daughter. And... I think that that was very well done. And uh, I know who knows? I mean, it could be a descendant of a descendant of a descendant of William. And, and sort of as time passes, it's passed on from one to the other that, you know, they need to be protective and respectful of, of Esalt. But I like the idea that it is the original. It's, it's stated that we don't know how long Pukwudgies live. So he could live hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, but uh, yeah, that that's what, you know, the writing of J.K. Rowling. It, when I was talking about earlier how this felt very much like one of her stories, it's things like that, uh, that she's able to weave in there that uh, just harken back to when she was writing the Potter series. Yeah. And that is Ilvermorny, ladies and gentlemen. Eric, Yay. thank you for leading us through story time. Oh, yeah. You're welcome. Uh, please return the pillows to the back of the class um, for walking out the door. <laughs> no, I peed myself. I peed oh, damn. The during oh, the scarier Andrew, moments not of again. the story. <laughs> convenient. Yeah. So, convenient. So, on uh, Patreon, we asked our supporters a question, getting back to the, the houses and the sorting. I wanted to know in what ways people's Ilvermorny houses and Hogwarts houses collectively reflect them. 
And do you see why J.K. Rowling assigned you these two houses in particular? That's a good question. Because a lot of people, the biggest question, as kind of Eric hinted at earlier, is that a lot of people were desperately looking for the Hogwarts Ilvermorny connections. Um, so I'm just going to read. We got a ton of responses. And thank you to everybody who submitted. It was fun to read all these. Um, and patrons can continue to read all them. Um, but I'm just going to read the first few here. Helen said, I'm a Ravenclaw and I always been quite geeky and bookish but i am also a pharmacist so the healer side of pugwudgie fits too i think that's Mm. beautiful i mean that is that 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 is a great connection for you (laughs) pretty good i'm i am certainly not a healer in any way so i'm confused by my (laughs) pugwudginess um jennifer says i am slytherin and thunderbird i know i am ambitious and can be manipulative manipulative and slow to trust so i identify with slytherin a lot I didn't think of myself as adventurous, but someone online said Thunderbirds make decisions based on experience, and that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a physicist, and if I need to go on an adventure to get the data I need to make an informed decision, then that is what I will do. I'm mostly waiting until the movie comes out to see what new info in the houses we'll have by then. Elizabeth says, I am a Hufflepuff and Thunderbird. I can see why I am Hufflepuff. I am laid back, a hard worker, and loyal. However, I'm still a bit confused about Thunderbird. I never really considered myself to be adventurous. Maybe just in my daydreams. Ha ha. And, uh, yeah, one more here. Two more. This is from Chase. I landed Gryffindor on my Hogwarts sorting and Puckwudgie on my Ilvermorty. Initially, I was a little upset. Let's be honest. Wampus just sounded so cool. (laughs) <laughs> okay it's, it's described as being like an unkillable beast it's pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> oh well that is cool yeah but after yeah. reading all the available lore joe has provided thus far i'm more in love with my ilvermorny sorting than my original hogwarts everyone knows the story of gryffindor by now so i'll spare the details and characters traits but i see a lot of the same characteristics in puckwudgie courageous caring kind to name a few but the hidden don't mess with us traits puckwudgie's carry is what really sold me on the house I've always felt I was a little too cold-blooded, so to speak, to be a true Gryffindor. But with Puckwudgie and my apparent school, legal poisonous darts, it totally fits. <laughs> and that's where I feel school like the, the connection like between like the, the, the stuff you show and your inner life, like why you act the way you do sort of comes in and makes the two house or the two schools sortings go so well together is because what you say you're a Gryffindor, right? Like Hermione is a Gryffindor, Harry is a Gryffindor, Neville is a Gryffindor. These are all people, if we were fantasy sorting them, we would probably sort them into like Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff and maybe Slytherin for Harry, you know, but because they were all sorted into Gryffindor, they come to be defined by their bravery. And this is like, but why are you brave? You know, are you brave for Mm -hmm. your, you know, why are you, are are you the person who is like, guided by your body or are you guided by your your soul or your need for intellect or you your kindness but you can still be a gryffindor you know yeah 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 we have those anomalies too like peter Pettigrew, who's gryffindor and it's like well how does that work is there more to it um so there, there's a post on tumblr i want to read here real quick uh by the consulting drama queen this was being shared around on tumblr um a lot and i happen to come across it even though i'm rarely on tumblr um, but it says, uh, this is also just sort of a theory, but it's Hogwarts houses are chosen based on traits you consider important and value beyond yourself. So Hermione thinks bravery is more important than books and cleverness. That's because mm-hmm. the founders wanted to see those values in others. On the other hand, the characters of the Ilvermorny founders leaked into the houses. So it seems to divide along the lines of how you define yourself and what tools you prefer to use in your own approach to life. So 
Under that theory, horned serpent means I am defined by what I think, which is scholars and mind. Mm-hmm. Wampus is I'm defined by what I do, warriors and body. Thunderbird, I'm defined by my experiences, adventure soul. And Pukwudgie, I'm defined by what I feel or maybe love. Yeah. Healer's mm-hmm. heart. I, I thought that, that was very interesting. That works very well. Yeah. That works for me. Yeah. I do well, want to like shout out though. Oh, go on. Well, I, I mean, I just don't want to crap all over people's thoughts and theories. But, but here I go. <laughs> but here I go. <laughs> oh, and, and I mean it in, in a good way. But, you know, if, if we just look at it from a from a story standpoint, if you go back to Hogwarts, it seems like it was founded by four of the most intelligent and powerful witches and wizards of their day, right? There's almost an elitist touch to it. Versus going to Ilvermorny, you have, you know, somebody who's of pure blood in, in Esalt, but then you have a nomad in James, and then you have two kids <laughs> in Webster and Chadwick. So how they come about the houses, Chadwick goes with Thunderbird, Webster with Wampus, Esalt with the Horned Serpent, and James with the Puckwudgie, I'm not sure there's as much in-depth thought that's been provided to these houses than, say, back at Hogwarts with the four that were created by the founders. I think that's fair. I mean, Chadwick yeah, is I it just thinks that the wampus is cool, right? So mm. there's that. But. but that's why I think they sort of, I mean, and when she says like, it is said that they correlate, it's not like that is actual fact that they are the body and the mind and the soul, etc. But I do, th- I do like that. They, like that thing that Eric just read out like I feel like that's what we all want to believe and it's kind of goes along with we all kind of also I think assign more importance to Hogwarts sorting than we know there really is because again you mentioned Pettigrew and we know that some people are literally able to choose their own house and we know that people change when they get older and and, and they might you know was a Dumbledore who said he might have been sorted differently yeah um so so I feel like I mean we all sort of say I am a Gryffindor, but really it's maybe because we wish we were a Gryffindor. And and I think that sort of speaks a lot to sorting in general. It's more like what you feel like you are as opposed to what you actually are. But what I was going to say earlier is just that I feel like I should shout out, we have an unhypable, it, it comes up every once in a while, but maybe we can link it in this. Is uh, I think it was Katie did a quiz called Your Hybrid Hogwarts House, yeah. which I always loved because it's like rather than than, than, than saying I have to fit myself into this way, very square little box, you go, well, what is my, you, you always overlap. You always say, well, yeah. I'm a, I'm a Gryffindor, but I, but I also see myself being in Hufflepuff or Slytherin and Ravenclaw, et cetera. And, and, and she sort of finds, it's a very good quiz, a very detailed quiz. And you find like the two houses that reflect you. And I think that's a lot more balanced. And it kind of reminds me of what's going on here when you have a Hogwarts house and an Ilvermorny house and mm. together they define what you are. Yeah, Absolutely. Now we have to create a quiz that combines the hog- hybrid, hi- hybrid Hogwarts <laughs> and hybrid well, Ilvermorny. You know I will shout out my infographic then because Thunderpuff. <laughs> I thought uh, I thought that the Hogwarts houses and Ilvermorny houses might overlap if they were turned at a forty-five degree, like turned sideways a little bit. So, like if there, if a okay. if a if an Ilvermorny house could equal two Gryffindor or two Hogwarts houses. And th- this was just the theory. So I sketched something down real quick, wrote it on paper, and it turns out a longtime friend of the show, uh, Jen Levine, who we've known for a decade now, 
uh, actually made an infographic in PowerPoint, which I really like and shared uh, over on Mobilecast. So check that out. It's no, it's not official. Actually, it's quite flawed based on everybody getting Thunderbird and Pukwudgie. Um, but it was <laughs> a, a lot of fun to to think about. Uh, and that was really just looking back over the this last weeks between this story airing and uh, us recording the Mugglecast about it, what I will remember most fondly is just how excited <laughs> everyone was uh, and and how and how this sparked great discussion and and had a lot of fun things. There's still I'm still collecting data on my poll. Maybe I'll share that on Google. Um, it's a Google form. It asks what's what house do you most identify with at Hogwarts? What house do you second most identify with on Hogwarts? And what house were you sorted into in Pukwudgie? And oh, it's just, nice. again, it's guessing if there's, if, like, what traits are matching up? And that's so, mm-hmm. we're just trying to, I have an MIT graduate doing the data crunching, the number crunching. <laughs> so, I, I, <laughs> results to be, results to be concluded. Let's just say that. But, uh, go, I'll link it in the show notes. But let's, let's just, uh, it's, it's this cool idea that somehow affects how we define what we are, think about, defining what we are based on this not complete information on this fictional wizard school. Yeah. But it's sort of what we I just wish there was a do. better quiz, you know, with everyone doing yeah. all this work and sort of being like, I am a Thunderbird, therefore, you know, and I'm like, yeah, but are you really? Uh, no, See, yeah, I, I don't I know. Remember, it's just for fun. This is just fun. And and yeah. I think what? we shouldn't take no, it. No, what are you kidding? We shouldn't take it too seriously. <laughs> 296 episodes in and you say we shouldn't take this too seriously. <laughs> Remember, no theory is safe. Well, and to get back to Selena's point earlier, I think, Selena, you said that no quiz could get this right. Like, you'd get, no matter who did it, I think I think you could create a quiz that actually got this right every time I you agree. took it. Same I agree. I agree. I just wanted a longer, more in-depth quiz, basically. I would probably trust it more than, like, seven questions. Yeah. The only um, way to get it right is to go to Ilvermorny. Yeah, I'm sure Massachusetts Tourism Board is already figuring out how to make some money off of this. Um, A couple comments from uh, patrons who are listening live. Um, Ryan says he loved your infographic, Eric. He thought it was the best comparison between the two schools he's seen so far. So there you go. Um, And Nicole points out, (laughs) getting back to the annoying part of this quiz, uh, she says, I've been watching YouTube videos of people taking the sorting quiz, and it seems that there are different versions of the quiz. Some of them had questions I didn't have when taking it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is actually on, I think it's, I don't know where it is, but you can Google it. There is a, a quiz somewhere that has all the questions. Oh, and I don't know how they determine the answers, but I guess they crack the code or whatever. So you yeah. can actually take the yeah. complete quiz, which is maybe gives you a more accurate result. I got it's- Wampus on that one. Yeah, HP oh. w- uh, Wikia has all the questions uh, published. I know that much. And like it's, it's screenshot images of the questions. Also, they, somebody was claiming that they like answered, got the same questions, answered the same way and got different houses. And that just destroys all of oh. my hope. That destroys yeah. everything that I ever think was sacred, like about Pottermore. Like, right. It was always a question, right, Andrew, when you when you pointed out that it could be controversial, that it could be uh a conspiracy that everyone was getting sort of even amounts on Pottermore with the first Hogwarts sorting quiz. I began, you know, I I think that it would be very scandalous if this (laughs) Ilvermorny thing were doing not the same thing, but like, again, what does it, what does it all mean? Like if they're, if they're not applicable, why would you introduce the sorting quiz with the story, with the story giving all the traits? And if they are applicable, then what, 
why don't we, why aren't we getting more even quantities or what, you know, it, it's just, it's very confusing. We, we live in a time of confusion. <laughs> <laughs> so uncertain. Yeah. We have uh, an email here before we wrap up today's show. This is from Marin. She says, I've been a long time listener. He or she says, I've been a long time listener to MuggleCast. You all are absolutely amazing. And listening to your podcast almost seems as if I'm listening to three or more of my closest friends talking about Aww. the topic I love the most. You are. I just wanted to share a few thoughts I had while reading Joe's new story on Pottermore about the history of Ilvermorny. First of all, sorry for being the one who relates everything to the Disney universe, but I was definitely feeling some serious Rapunzel vibes throughout Isol's story. Isol's story. The two stories obviously don't match up completely, but Isolt was kidnapped and raised by her terrifying aunt who valued her only for her pure blood ancestry, such as Rapunzel, mm. just as Rapunzel was kidnapped by a woman who valued her only because of her beautiful hair. Also, a way for Isolt to distance herself from her aunt was to cut off her hair, which gives a portrayal of how Rapunzel and her kidnapper's connection would have been broken. I also admire the fact that Isolt's story is the quintessential story of reaching the American dream. Isolt starts off as a poor young child who constantly lives in the shadow of her traumatic past and is chained to a woman that uses and manipulates her however it is her own hunger for freedom that pushes her to take the risk of immigrating to a country that she has no clue about at such a young age in search of a better life and to bravely fight through a large number of obstacles to achieve her own sense of comfort and belonging and success <gasps> Isolde's story is a story which many americans have shared and will continue to share for many years to come <laughs> She includes the hashtag here, don't vote for Trump. It's great to see that Joe was able to include that sense of the American dream into her story of Ilvermorny School. I This is a beautiful email. So on point. I hadn't thought of this angle before reading this. So thank you, Marin. And you guys see the the Rapunzel part better now? Because weren't we talking yeah. about that earlier? Yeah, I got to look at the... Yeah, it's her aunt uh, who kidnaps her and takes her away to exclusion... I got to read the original. I know exactly who I'm going to ask about this as soon as we get off the call um, about the original fairy tale and how it may or may not have been distilled into Disney's Tangled. <laughs> mm. Or was yeah. it DreamWorks is Tangled? Um, no. Because that, that I've seen more recently. But then, but that ant in that movie remind, or is how I sort of picture um, Gormleth. Uh, Isolt wanted to hashtag make her life great again by going to America. God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, definitely. I, I think it's a, a good email and want to thank Marin uh, and all our listeners for continually being uh, and, and on Smart. Patreon too, continually being, yeah, um, finding connections and posting about them and sharing them yeah. with each other. Yeah. So that's what we got for today's episode, a whole Ilvermorny episode. Uh, we will be back later this month to talk about some other news that's been going on. And I'm sure we have, we'll have more to say about Ilvermorny. And our plan right now is early August, we'll probably do a Cursed Child. Obviously, there's going to be a lot to talk about with the Cursed Child once everybody gets their hands on it. It comes out later this month. Eh, I'm done talking about <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> <laughs> We've been talking about it a lot, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, there's going to be so much more to talk about. Eric and I, by the way, will be at GeekyCon in Orlando for their Cursed Child midnight release party. And we'll be doing probably a couple panels there as well you can go to geekycon.com for more details it's july uh 29th through the 31st and oh next week i will be at leviosa it's a harry potter con it's actually this week now that it's sunday um the end of this week uh th i think it's thursday through sunday leviosa uh dot org 
check that out if you're in the Las Vegas area or it's just a three-hour drive from Los Angeles. Andrew, come to Leviosa. Um, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a Harry Potter con, and it's the for me, it's it's personal because it's the 10th anniversary of Lumos, uh, which yeah. was, I guess, MuggleCast's first live uh, podcast uh, at a con, mm-hmm. and yeah, I was going to say convention we did one that before we, that we did one before. Yeah, it's quite fairly notable. You may have remembered that, um, but no, the first convention that MuggleCast went to, uh, and the first convention I went to. So it's ten years, yeah. and it's in in Vegas. So same, that's pretty cool. Same for me. That was my first time flying, and in honor ah. of the tenth anniversary, I'll admit this for 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 the first time. Um, first time having a drink of alcohol. very excited say that now andrew (laughs) i'm comfortable coming out with that i think mugglecast had its own uh, resident bartender uh, if i'm remembering correctly maybe Uh, maybe yeah yeah but uh it was it was a good time though it was really wonderful and uh excited to be back in vegas this week so come to leviosa and if not come to geeky con right i'm very excited for everybody to read cursed child by the way i can't wait to get everybody's thoughts we've been getting some feedback from people who are seeing the play uh, some people did agree with us, so there was that. And we will uh, one one thing we got uh, on the last episode, people were saying, "Well, why didn't you have more people who actually saw the play on the last episode?" Yeah, Andrew. Well, we it was a recording, <laughs> it was a scheduling issue. We wanted to get it out as soon as possible. Maybe we should have waited, yeah, but yeah. but we check w- the hype episode, Thanks, right, Eric? Right. Yeah, yeah. I was just I, gonna say. Actually, I was I was thinking about it. I was like, well, why don't you like. why didn't you have us on but then i was listening to your episode and actually i really enjoyed hearing eric and micah react to the story because i think that's how a lot of people will get to experience it like i Mm. know that it's hard to judge the story in isolation but unfortunately that is how the majority of the harry potter fandom will judge the story so i thought it was fair and also that way your the muggle cast spoiler episode and hype spoiler episode sort of stand apart because hype uh, the hypable.com's podcast hype had only people who had seen the play on it. Um, myself, Donya, uh, what's her face? <laughs> what's her what's name? Her face? Katie, <laughs> Katie and Kyle were all on it and, uh, had and a discussion that sort of complimented. We all saw it. Yeah. So that sort of complimented yours and yeah. they sort of. Selena, did I tell you that Donya brought me a button? She brought me a keep the secret. She did. I know. I know. But she you feel unworthy of the button? I kind of. I saw her at Indie Pop uh, <laughs> the weekend after, and I was just like, and she got me the button, and I was like, I wanted to cry, and then it was like, I don't deserve this. And I just yeah. kept going back to Andrew's tweet, which was amazing, where he said the button blew up in his face because yeah. of the curse or the magic. <laughs> yeah. I have like three in my drawer, and I'm like ashamed when I look at them. I know, like, I know. But we, but it's... <laughs> we want to... um what was I going to say? Oh, we, a, a few of us, including Eric and I think Selena too, and Marima, she wrote a piece on Hypeable this mm-hmm. past week about it. It, it. It's becoming more and more apparent in, in several of our opinions that Keep the Secrets, that campaign is more about not letting the spoilers get out because it will turn people off from the story. It's not yeah. so much like, oh, the fans need to, you know, they can't, they can't hear what's going to happen. They, they don't want people to know what's going to happen because it'll probably, it could affect book sales. Well, they need enough people to see the play live so that when the story comes out, if people don't like it, enough people can say, no, no, but the play is amazing because right. it literally like it is amazing, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. so they'll have that army of people sort of ready to support 
the production. Yeah. So, when, so, and that's why this, this plays in preview for seven weeks. I mean, that's a long time. And this is, this is uh, I'm starting the countdown now. From time of recording, four weeks exactly until the book comes out. Dun, dun, dun. Very, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I, yeah. Me too. I, it's gonna... I, do, I do want to read it. Yeah. I, I started, um, no spoilers, but I started working on something for Hypable that I've never done before. It's something Uh-oh. that I've never written before. Oh, Uh-oh, I'll, just, I'm I'll just say it. I'm writing a fan fiction. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I am. Is this going to be like Andrew's so Wizard cool. Rock single? Like, can you debut it on Muggle? Yeah, Cast maybe I'll do a like... live reading here. On... You should do a live reading. <laughs> I thought That's you were going to say you're writing an article. No, no, I'm writing. I'm writing a work of fan fiction. I don't know how it's. It's going to be really bad. I'm. Go- I just know that from the start. It's going to be so good, gonna, you guys. It's going to be like, a little sexy. Well, if it's bad, that definitely means it'll be good because yeah, that's generally how that stuff works. <laughs> oh my God. Micah, you just insulted the whole fan fiction community. Yeah, let's quit while we're ahead on this, guys. Uh, <laughs> Uh, oh. But it's uh, the reason I'm writing it is because something because something doesn't happen in the play that I wish did. So I'm making that happen now. So oh, you may or may not have mentioned that answer. on our spoiler episode. So there's yeah, that. yes, <clears throat> yes. If you you probably know what I'm talking about if you listen. I support it. I I think that's good. I, I think that'll be great. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> so it's gonna be a. F- it's going to be an interesting time on the internet once this book comes out. I think that's for sure. It's an interesting time on the internet now. It's such an interesting time to be a Harry Potter fan. It is. Uh, it truly start is. Seeing Content like this coming out and other sorting quizzes, no Patronus quizzes, but another sorting <laughs> quiz. Um, some answers about what North America has been doing uh, in the Wizarding World. And, uh, you know, this is something that it's 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 an avalanche of uh, leading into November. Exactly. Um, and that puts and so. a nice bow on it. Before we wrap up, just want to do another quick plug for our Patreon. We, uh, like I said, this is the final month to sign up before we close off shirt uh opportunity the opportunity is going to close at the end of this month so pledge within the next few weeks if you would like to receive a brand new muggle cast shirt we released the designs a few weeks ago and we're really proud of them we can't wait to wear them ourselves so um and you also get lots of other benefits including vlogs and bonus material and access to show notes and you can listen live like several people are doing this morning to our recording and a whole lot more including chapter readings and whatnot so thanks to everybody for their support there Selena, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. We love you. Thanks for having me. You know me. that. Oh, I love you guys too. Oh, and don't forget, uh, Selena is over. She does a, a hype podcast, and you can listen to all their Chris Child thoughts if if you want to do that. Yes, we have a spoiler one and a spoiler free one, just like uh, Mugglecast. So perfect, perfect. And uh, I think that's it. So thank you everybody for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.